Hello there, I'm Tim and he's John and this is How to Murder Time, a podcast about games and things. Hello everybody. Watcher. We're back. It, it's, Apparently so. Yes, it's another week's gone, the world's gone even crazier. Oh wow, yeah. I mean, if you could just go into... Well, we the... can't comment on any of it we because it would have changed. We don't talk about politics much in the show, obviously, but if you could go into the ballot booth and just tick a box marked, please give me the maximum amount of drama, lol. I think that's pretty much what everyone went for in the end. Yeah. So, yes, anyway, uh, let's... Let's cease dating this podcast horrifically. I'm going to talk about uh, Static Group Roundup. Okay. Yay. Yay. Uh, so, lots of things still going on, in, in which is impacting into my time to play games I want to play. Oh. <laughs> no, no, no pressure. No, no. I really enjoy the games I'm playing in Static Group as well. So, um, Mondays is Guild Wars. Guild Wars 1. Wow. Yes. Oh, you forgot to bring your book. I'd yes, yes, your ongoing sight gag whenever I talk about Guild Wars it's 1. Box it's just not working. Oh, well, you'll have to just pretend to pay attention then for a change. That's what oh. I like about the video format, is you have to look interested, which you never did before when we were just audio. I cut the video. <laughs> so you're not even <laughs> watching this anyway. Right. Um, yes, Guild Wars 1. So is this my ongoing attempt to finish, you know, completely finish Guild Wars, which is an MMO and unfinishable by more or less definition. Um, so I was going to tick off pretty much all the PvE content for that. And um, we are working on well, we got all the, the basic. So you got your, your three normal campaigns: your, yeah. your prophecies, nightfall, and factions. Done all of the hard mode stuff for those vanquishing and the other bit, um, vanquishing and what's the other thing? Guardian, legendary guardian. Basically, completing all the missions in hard mode. Va- kill all the enemies in the overland zones in hard mode. Fair enough. Done. Done all three. You'd have thought that would have been it. You'd have thought we'd be free. No, no. Eye of the North runs on a slightly different system. It has uh, its own title track, Mastery of the North, and that combines the cartography, which I've also done, and all the others think I'm insane for having done. You are insane for having done. It's pretty insane, yeah. Um, But also then you've got all the overland vanquishing and completing all the story missions in hard mode and all the dungeons as well, the dungeon instances, which are sort of Eye of the North only thing. Um, And so that's all bundled together in the same title track, and... Yeah. I have a question. Yeah. Why? Um, pass. Okay. So we do. We got this. Well, it's a progress bar, isn't it? We got to <laughs> fill in progress bars. They don't fill themselves in. So what that means is that you get various points weightings for various things you do. The cartography counts towards some of it. The completing each dungeon counts towards some of it. So and there's about enough. I think there's about 130 percent worth of points there, or something like that. Or 100. Yeah. There's there's basically. I think we worked it out. We sat down, and did the maths, and you, it means that you can do. You can ignore about 30 percent of the cartography if you do all of the dungeons in hard mode <coughs> or if you do all the cartography you can ignore two and a half one and a half dungeons three normal mode dungeons or one hard mode dungeon a bit. So. yeah so basically that gives us a bit of a get out for a jail free card for a particular hard mode dungeon that we would be stuck doing otherwise so yeah. and i found the one i'm stuck on it's this I, I don't want to swear excessively on this show, but it is bullshit. It's basically the well, Guild Wars one. I'm surprised. Guild Wars one. There's the one of the dungeons is is one of these. It's essentially a comic dungeon. It's a solo instance. Can't bring any friends or henchmen. Or okay. Heroes. And my entire way I play that game revolves around having a team of eight people working together in in in, uh, in high efficiency and synergy. Yeah, the, the the wonderful moment in MMOs when they decide you should play on your own. Yeah, this, it's so solo instance in an MMO. Stop doing that. Anyway, um, then you've got a comic. Comedy skill bar, 
Yeah. Because, right, the backstory of it is there's this drunken dwarf called Kilroy Stonekin. Who, oh, who, God. Is that, does that ring any bells that sound a bit familiar? <sighs> yes, Leroy Jenkins' pop, pop quiz call out there. It's not even Blinking World of Warcraft, where it would be appropriate. Yeah. Anyways, They've already done that a lot classier, I believe. Well, quite. Anyway, so there's this Kilroy Stonekin dwarf who basically is famous for just aggroing everything. He turns up in the expansion with his own dungeon, and you get a comedy skill bar, which is all brawling skills. Yeah. Punching, and like rocky yeah. references and... One where you spam spam buttons to get up if you get knocked down and lots Let of me combo beaten. I'm not very good at it. Your specs would be very, very fragile. I'm a ranged DPS control class generally, and that's pretty much seat so due to my entire So you've got a lot of um, No, no, hardly any hit points at all. No, no armour to speak of. I mean, it doesn't really affect classes. I mean, basically, the, the punching skills seem more or less modelled on dual-wield dagger skills combos from the Assassin. Okay. Um, you know, in terms of closeness of how they work, but but I've never really done much assassin stuff apart from the occasional comedy build back in the comedy hybrid thing back in the day. It's terrible, and in hard mode, it's really difficult as well. And then, of course, I sort of look through all the various wikis and guys and stuff and find that in about 2015 they nerfed it because people were using it to farm points and stuff. So it's now even harder than, than <laughs> you know, it's basically impossible. You used to be able to run it. I think Multi's done it, and I'm trying to work. I'm going to have to quiz him precisely on a, on a step by step walkthrough for that because I. I'm just getting in there and getting absolutely hosed. You get this NPC, so it is an escort mission as well. Ugh. Yeah, and, he, and because in the, the, in the grand tradition of Are we Guild playing Wars, crap mission bingo here. <laughs> it ticks all the boxes. It really does. Because Guild Wars hard mode scales monsters up and gives them additional skills and, and enhanced AI, but does nothing for friendlies. He, he goes down in the first fight, and you have to try and solo the rest of it. And it's just a mess. It really is. I mean, I, I had, a, had I sat down Saturday and thought, right, let's knock this on the head, get it out of the way. Because you know, I think Malty's already done it, and Torag doesn't care. Um, so Torag's a sensible chappy. <laughs> he is a very sensible man. But so I thought, all right, well, I'll do my homework. I'll get this out of the way. Oh God, I had about four or five goes, and I rage quit. It was terrible. I'm, I'm, but then I thought, well, okay, you know, this, this Eye of the North title track. As long as we can complete all the proper dungeons in hard mode with their super boss mechanics and proto raid encounters at the end, then we'll be fine. I just don't have to do this one. Okay, so that might I might use that. To pl- I might play my Joker there if, if we uh, if we don't come. Yeah, but what's the next one like? Well, all the others allow full team, proper dynamics. Everything we've been doing for the last five years, you know, and honing and, and getting good at and doing well, it's it's will let us do. Um, mm. You know, the various bosses in these hard in these hard mode dungeons occasionally have the, the occasional super powered monster skill that needs a bit of thinking about and a bit of planning around. But usually we can come up with a plan or at least find a wiki. <laughs> um, but you know, there'll be things like long long charge up, kill everyone skills that have an interrupt bar. In Mesmer's are very good at interrupting. It's that kind of thing. But going into this punching dungeon you've got a comedy skill bar that's sort of class agnostic it's not anything to do with anything anyone's been doing it's you've got to learn this whole new set of skills and then practice 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 get the timings perfect on this punching battles and stuff and it's really long and tedious as well and you get this knockdown mechanic so normally you get killed you bounce out you know to the nearest shrine or whatever but with this you when you when you get killed you not you go down and one of your skills remains active it's a get up skill and it's yeah. essentially counting to 10 okay. like, like in boxing or whatever so you keep spamming this skill and if you can get it up to 10 you know, if you basically it gives you energy back to your energy bar which is empty when you go down so you keep spamming this skill and eventually you'll be able to get back up and carry on but then they just immediately wail on you straight away and you're down again and each time you're down your total energy goes up Okay. So you have to you have to do more spamming to yeah. fill the bar each time, and eventually you just can't fill the bar quick enough, and then you you get uh, tapped out. Oh no, t- knock out out of the dungeon, whatever. It's a load of arse, frankly. It, it so, does sound like it. Yeah, it's not what I'm enjoying. Not really what I signed up for. I don't like it 
when it's you know it's, it's, it's the guild was equivalent of the the mandatory you know, the sudden vehicle level out of nowhere you know yeah. the sort of sudden change of pace no you think you know how to play our game here's something completely different like, can't oh, great, you just you. do something else well, yeah, but this thing, to, to fill in the either North title track, you need to have done hard mode in all the dungeons except one. Now, I'm quite prepared and, in fact, in, have a perverse affection for cartography, so I'll probably just go off and literally 100% the either North area's maps, which aren't that big compared to the rest of the game. Uh, and that will give me... I'll be able to fill the bar by missing one dungeon, probably. Yeah. But I can keep trying here and there. Maybe it'll some some epiphany or some it'll click and I'll understand, or maybe I'll find a, just a really good walkthrough, be able to execute it well. But at the moment... It's seeming really difficult in, in a game which I thought I'd pretty much understood most of it already. But there you go. And it's it, it only ever happens this one place. I think there's a few, maybe one or two other out there missions with this punching skill bar. I, whatever. I don't know. I'll, I'll, I'll have a think. Maybe you can come back to it and have another go. But, <clears throat> but anyway, on the whole, it's going well. Um, so we've got the Eye of the North Mastery track to fill in. And probably two. I've got two more Eye of the North factions to fill in. And that's easy enough to do. Basically, whenever you're out and about the shrine attendants have a bounce of buff you can pick up by talking to them which will then give you faction points with that shrine's faction yeah. every time you kill stuff so and when you're out there in the hard mode you get like two or three faction points per kill it's just a question of doing the zones in those regions until you've filled the bar up and we're, we're i think i'm on rank nine for most of those they cap at 10 so not much more filling in to do if we don't do that as a result of just vanquishing stuff anyway, we'll probably just uh, end up going out and doing a few more trips to fill those in. And at that point, I think I really will be done with Guild Wars. <laughs> Finally, completely and utterly. There's the whole load of PvP stuff there, but I, I've never enjoyed the PvP in Guild Wars The anyway. viewers at home and listeners at home, your yeah. challenge is to find every uh, time where Tim has said he'll be finished. Uh, I, I could totally give it up any time, you know. Yeah. I could stop tomorrow if I wanted. It's fine. All right, smart ass. why don't you talk about a thing? I'm going to talk about... Uh, Borderlands 2. Borderlands 2. Okay. That's, that's quite old. Yes. I'm, uh, and Guild Wars isn't. <laughs> Touche. <laughs> I've been playing uh, Borderlands 2 um, co-op with my girlfriend because mm-hmm. it's our current co-op game. Yep. I have one important thing to say about that game. Yeah. God, that game is long, isn't it? It takes a while. There's it a does. Quite a few, there's quite a few reversals and twists and, and, and whole sets, whole more sets of zones just after you think you've done it. Yeah, I completely forgot it took so long. Mm. It's taken us weeks and weeks it's and quite weeks. a journey. I remember the first game taking quite a while as well in a similar manner. You go slogging along the, the various areas, you know, we'll get into what you think is the end and then, oh no, there's a whole load more stuff we need to do. Yeah, still, it's a very enjoyable game. It's amusing, it um, looks great and it's... Um, Usually clips along at a, a lovely pace. I think it's a genius idea to go with that cell shade style. Here. Yeah, <clears throat> the very Borderlands look, as it were. Because apparently it was originally supposed to be an ultra realistic World of Brown type shooter in its early development stages. Yeah, that that and would just be terrible. Somebody had a genius idea to just go crazy with the colours and hard edges of everything. Yeah, it, the game does have two main flaws though. Mm-hmm. The first yeah. is the loot system. Yes, which is. I know you think it's a feature, but it's just bollocks. <laughs> 18 billion types of gun. Okay. Okay, but I found this one two hours ago. <laughs> 17 and, and a half billion of those useless. Yeah. It gave me a great one, and now nothing you're giving me as quest rewards or anything is close to what I need. Yeah, but I don't know what... <sighs> they must have designed that loot generation system with some kind of progression curve. Because I'm pretty sure the guns, as a whole, on average, the guns you get later in the game are more powerful. Oh, they than the do go up, things, yes. But... but occasionally you'll just find one which is so much better yes, yeah. that you will forget looking at the rest of the loot because you know it's not going to be great for ages. Yeah. Up until the point where 
stuff starts, the trash starts to become uh, useful again. Yeah, yeah. I remember in the first game, I came across a sniper rifle about two thirds of the way in, and I'm still using it about a third of the way into the new game. Plus, yeah. <laughs> so, you know, you sort of give up on loot at that point. You, know, you, you look in hope each time a sniper rifle drops, but no, no, no. And the other problem yeah. is when you uh, are playing through and not doing any of the side missions, mm. there's a couple of points where there is a very clear. Now go away, level up, and come back. It assumes you're going to do every side mission. Well, it assumes you're going to be doing presented. more, and especially towards the end, um, the last two missions. Yeah, there's a jump from the third to last mission to the penultimate mission, mm. where it needs a couple of extra levels, and you need to do that mission. Mm. And that is a whole right. Okay, we might finish this tonight. It's going to be great. We can move on and play another game. Yeah. Brilliant. We can not be playing Borderlands anymore. <laughs> and wham! Oh no, we got to go and then spend an entire evening go, leveling up, go and grind effectively. Yeah. and because the zones is... reset and scale to some degree, or not really. Just, no. no, you just keep going. No, yeah, we, mm. we just had to run off and do some other missions. We had loads of missions that we could do. Oh, oh, well, yeah. I don't think it's unreasonable to expect you'd have done some of the side missions. No, I, I think I think that uh, you should be able to get through the entire main plot missions. Uh, and if in a game that length, just playing through the plot should be okay. Yeah, you shouldn't have someone, to often do the uh, someone filler. like me who goes and scours every square centimeter of the quest log will come back to the end mission just ridiculously overpowered. Because That's the fine. progression curve means that I've been paid then, out. Then you make the progression curve work properly. Then more scaling, I suppose. Mm, yeah, yeah. It, it just you know, you get to the point where you're thinking, right, this game's nearly over. Then bam, you're getting a bit fed up with it because it's a bit too long. It's I taking think you're just you just a bit impatient. It's taken too many weeks to get this far, and um, <laughs> you're now. getting a bit fed up with it because it's a little bit samey. You know, the combat doesn't really change, and the game doesn't really shake itself up in any way whatsoever. But are you not, are you not enjoying the the base skill of your own ability to handle the weapons and to deal with the the various types? I was of to start or... with. But yeah. it's just going on too long now. The game has overstayed its welcome and is actively going out of its way to overstay it longer. Uh, I, think, I think that's an attention problem for you. I could happily do that kind of thing. Why am I not still playing it? Mm, good point. Yeah. Yeah. All right. yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Why haven't you finished the new game plus? Uh, yeah, I got bored. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Something more interesting came along, certainly. Yeah, the, the game itself is a very, very uh, well-put-together shooter. Yeah. And it plays well, but all it is is a well-put-together shooter. It doesn't throw anything else at you that's that interesting. Well, would you want a sudden vehicle level, or, or suddenly well, now it's an RTS? I know you got the... It does have sudden vehicle anyway. levels. Yeah, but they're largely optional. Yeah. Um, no, no it's, mate, you know, plots in the, the twists in the plot you cared about. The well, plot the plot isn't that engaging. The plot goes out the window the first time you've played through and seen it, to be honest. I mean, it's, well, not, no, it's not as if it even has a play-again-as-paragon mode or whatever. The plot goes out the window after the first couple of things. You don't really care about all this, OK, now we're going to go revenge so-and-so's death and do these, and, oh, could you go get me some drinks, and, oh, do this. Well, this and... is what I've said before. I mean, I, I generally prefer games that take themselves seriously because if they're already mocking themselves on the first application of the plot, yeah, OK, it's good to have humour, I suppose. You know, a funny game with bonkers plot but eventually you get something that goes on in borderlands 2 the length of it you're going to get about a third of the way in and it's all just so bonkers and out there you just stop worrying about anything or caring anything yeah. and just just shoot stuff yeah the, the plot, and that's fine if you just want to shoot stuff yeah the plot isn't compelling enough to pull me through yeah yeah the plot is an excuse to be there shooting yeah. stuff and you know i really don't hate handsome jack enough to want to kill him he's <laughs> <laughs> quite quite a likable character yeah. in a way yeah yeah i don't know i found myself quite you know looking forward to a point where i could you know 
pistol whip him around the back of the head and stomp him to the curb at some point because you know a lot of what goes on through the plot but but yeah you know when he's one of the more entertaining figures you meet during the thing it's it's yeah it's yeah. difficult to put him up there as a, as a nemesis who must be destroyed. And, and everyone else you're dealing with is a really really rubbish fault hunter yeah yeah and and they're, all, they're all insane in their weird quirky ways and you're thinking yeah. Oh, okay yeah all right whatever yeah mm. okay he, he he's a sniper who drinks too much <laughs> Has a, a thing for his bird. I don't know. I quite liked seeing the main characters from the first game turn up as, as yeah, important the, plot NPCs that was, in that, the second That was game. nice, yeah. It's quite a nice but, touch. Um, they, they aren't built up enough as characters that you care about. Mm. And any care you had for them from the first game goes away. Well, you hadn't really, unless... I, I, mean, I suppose there are some people who role-play their sessions through Borderlands, but there must be quite few and far between. So yeah. they are just the usual faceless ciphers with no voice and, and a gun attached to their heads, you know. It's the usual sort of how do we empathise or care about a, the first-person character in a, in a first-person shooter. And often you don't, and it has, that has to all be done through external cutscenes and exposition, which Borderlands doesn't really bother no. itself with a lot. And that's a conscious choice, I think. I don't think it sets out to be this big citizen cane of game playing narrative. It's just you know a fun shooter, and most people respect it as such. Very yeah. good with multiplayer. Right? Yeah, just I, I think it, yeah, it's great. It's a brilliant technically cop game. good, technically great. It's just it's taking too long. Well, it, that's I think the partly pace, your fault, really. Yeah, no, it is partly my fault, but the pacing is wrong and. Mm. Yeah, it just it feels. It you started... have, have you been trained into much shorter games? Is this the thing? Pretty much everything else of that class is usually only over in about ten hours. Yeah, or ten fifteen <laughs> hours. I I think I am. You're just and used I, to it being quicker. And I'm happier with that shorter length of game because mm, yeah, this game doesn't have enough in there to fill that time. Mm. It's long, but it doesn't have enough content really to make it feel like that time's well spent. It just feels like it's long for the sake of it. Yeah. Oh. Stop playing. You feel you nope. have to finish it. Do have to finish well, it. There you go. Going to finish it this week. It's going to be great. I mean, you know, in all in all these discussions, ultimately the answer is always, well, if it isn't fun, don't do it. But <laughs> <laughs> there are there's more complicated reasons, like why would anyone play an MMO past you know the first twenty levels? Why would anyone play the first twenty levels on an MMO, knowing what the levels past that are like? Well, yeah, you, yeah. you decide when to stop when you've had enough. But if you feel like you've almost got to the end, there's a temptation to keep pushing and perhaps keep going somewhat longer than you would have otherwise done. And you know, yeah. it's that sunk cost fallacy sort of yeah, thing. It's the principle of the thing. Yeah, it needs finishing. Feel like you want to finish it. Yeah, it has to be finished. Mm. Okay. Well, good luck. Keep yeah. going. You'll hang in there. Where are you? Anyway, what, what's your? Where's your most recent? Point. Oh, we are trying to go to on that pipeline bit with the. Um, control terminal thingies and we're trying to get towards the end mission oh you're not too far off no it's the penultimate mission yeah okay yeah yeah you'll do it i know yeah be fine i, I won't kill anyone do you remember the boss fight yes <laughs> yes <laughs> actually i found that boss fight on the end of two much more agreeable than the boss fight at the end of one the boss fight at the end of one boss was... fight at the end of one was insane that's right i I got to the end of my New Game Plus and got to the boss fight at the end of the second playthrough, and it's insane. I'm playing with a sniper character. Got oh, the, you don't do that. Yeah, Mordecai, whatever, the sniper. And, yeah, you got the you know, big spoiler alert for the end of Borderlands 1, everyone. Um, the, you know, the, the vault is opened, and, and basically a big sort of Lovecraftian horror full of tentacles and eyes pops out, and you have to spend the next two days. Well, I mean, even on the first playthrough in normal game mode, it takes quite a lot of work. They basically decided to throw out all this sort of intricate finesse and, and, and accessibility and fun and lightheartedness of the whole game and just throw in this wall of hit points at the end. Yeah. It just does this shoot the red globes thing and occasionally shoot spikes, and it's easy, they're easy to dodge, and 
good. It's just rinse and repeat to keep shooting the vulnerable bits until it runs out of hit points. But in the new game plus mode, it has such a vast amount of hit points. And as a sniper, I think I might have the wrong weapon or something. Anyway, I got. I, it's the only time I can recall in, in any game ever where I've got bored of fighting the boss fight at the end. Not, not. It wasn't rage quit. It's not too difficult. <laughs> it's not that. Oh, I can't do this. But I, I, I lack sufficient skill. It's. I'm so tired of shooting the same blobs over and over. So I, I literally just stopped mid boss fight and walked away. It wasn't even a rage quit. It was like you know, uh, what's a falling asleep quit. I don't know. I've had enough. I'm going away. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right. You know what? You win. <laughs> <laughs> that's how you defeat. That's how evil can defeat good. Yeah. Is just have vastly more hit points than there is ever any. In, any interest or ammunition to deal with but yes yeah, so borderlands 2 boss fight much better it's a bit more of the traditional sort of thing he's not got an infinite amount of hit points has various different phases you, you'd be able to do it yeah, yeah, yeah I, I sort of remember it yeah yeah so i think you'll be all right if you get there <laughs> i'll probably get there <laughs> mm. yeah cool Anyway, that's Borderlands. Yeah, I'm going to talk about Elite Dangerous as our Tuesday game. We're okay. still playing that. We did a uh, exploration run this week. Oh, yes. So um, I think Embryo managed to find for us a uh, a list somewhere. It might be radio. I can't remember where. Some spreadsheet somewhere with a list of the most valuable exploration planets by world types in their solar systems and so on. Yeah. So exploration in Elite Dangerous. You fly your spaceship out there. You you hit hit the massive foghorn thing, and it shows you all the planets that yeah. are around. And under. if you got the really good foghorn, it shows oh. you everything. Yeah, you don't have to do any of that parallax nonsense getting up yeah. to like 75 light times light speed and then looking out the side window to see which dots are moving faster than others. That that was that's newbie stuff. Don't need to do that anymore. I've got a, I've got a foghorn that can tell you all the planets. Then pick out pick them out one at a time, point get close enough, point at them with the discovery scanner, the surface scanner and it does a little whirly thing and then goes bing and tells you about the planet, gives you all the details, mineral composition, etc. Planet bracket planet. Yeah, exactly. Uh you know, crust compositions and all this sort of stuff. It's all it's all marvelous stuff. Uh, and then once you, that goes in your big list and then once you get a big old list of these different planets and solar systems you take it back to a space station that's 20 light years away from the thing you you were looking at or more uh, and you can sell that for cash if you're uh, the first to discover such a planet and that is a very real possibility once you get like 1000 light years yeah. out from the uh, starting locations because it it's almost a one to one scale Milky Way out there full of procedurally generated solar systems that pretty much no one is going to see all of ever because of the sheer times involved <coughs> So yeah, if you get first discoveries, you get bonus money, that kind of thing. But even if someone else has already discovered it, discovering it for yourself again gives you gives you a payout. Presumably, people are quite happy to verify planets still exist. Yes, good tick. <laughs> Not going anywhere. Well, also it's you know it's a good way of checking someone hasn't just made up this planet. It's made entirely out of candy floss. Is it? Is it really? Ah, we've got eight people who say it's made out of candy floss. That must be true. They're not really aware of how the internet works, no. are they? No. So, anyway, we do a lot of that. Um, most of the planets you'll find are worth a couple of thousand each, little rocky, rocky worlds of no real importance. But things like uh, terraformable water worlds or, or Earth-like planets um, or planets with different sorts of minerals in are worth a lot more. And um, so we had a big spreadsheet, um, which is basically <laughs> it's like second-hand exploration. A whole lot of <laughs> like people had already found all this stuff written down in the spreadsheet and presented it as a kind of spoiler tour of the galaxy. There was about, I think there was about, 150 items on that list we just did the first first 30 and they're sorted by distance from sol and they're all they're all within about 100 100 150 light years or so the first 30 on this list which we went down picked yeah. out the different planets we were trying it as a wing which didn't really work. We, I, it's, or something 
something playing broke. something as a wing in Elite Dangerous yeah, didn't work. Yeah. I'm surprised. Yes, I'm not. I'm not getting increasingly used to these these weird buglets appearing every time we try and do something together. It is not an MMO. It is not. It's barely a multiplayer game. Yeah. That's the thing. It uses this really sort of ropey but quite quite advanced and quite clever, I suppose, networking technology to present what appears to be a massively multiplayer online game without any servers. I think there must be some kind of server validation of some stuff. But but generally, the space around you and the spaceships that are flying past you and your friends are all being hosted in a, in a weird distributed fashion across your own peer-to-peer connection in the group. So, anyway, one thing and another. Basically, we were trying to do science, and I found myself just doing QA work in my spare time, which yeah. I don't like. I do this for a living. But, yeah, we were trying to sort of try different varied... We were trying to create reproducible steps. I mean, we didn't even file a bug report. I think I think Zariel might have done, but I just threw my hands up in the end. But basically what was happening is that we'd all jump into a system and then scatter because when you're in a wing, the, the, the discoveries of each planet are shared. Yeah. So, obviously, if you go into a star system with three of you, you can split up and go three different directions, scan three times as many planets in the time. Yeah. The more planets you scan, the more money you get. I mean, each star system, we were only going in there looking for one specific planet each time because that was the expensive, valuable one, you know, the Earth-likes, the terraformables, that sort of thing. But while we were there, why not why not scan the sun and a few others as well because it all increases the amount of payout you get. So we were trying that, but every, varying people in the group couldn't scan any planets when once we got there. It was weird. We couldn't work out what it was doing, whether it was the first person in, or whether if you flew too far apart, or you had to all be in the same system before you hit the foghorn, before then trying to scan. We were trying all sorts of stuff, and I just get sick of <laughs> sick of trying, you know, doing good QA practice to produce reproducible bug yeah. reports for, for for devs when I'm not even sure anyone's listening, and I I do this for a living and don't want to have to do it at home. But so that put a bit of a damper on the evening. But yeah, it was still quite good. We got a lot of distance covered. We were zooming about all around the place we most of us have got jump drives that can do 50 light years now what with the various engineers stuff and just tweaking the spaceships yeah. i think i think uh, embryo was not in his usual federation corvette there he came out in a diamondback explorer as well because it's quite lightweight uh, fast moving long distance ship for, for exploration it's quite good um yeah a couple of the other people were, were with us in spirit but um we have this <laughs> i can't remember the last time on a tuesday everybody was at, at our starting base <laughs> usually what we'll log on and it'll be you know a couple of confessions of, oh sorry i can't really join you this week i'm twenty-five thousand light years away <laughs> delivering some passengers to a, to a place or something delivering delivering some travel guides to somewhere halfway across the galaxy yeah so it's a bit of i mean i don't you know insist that players can't you know people can't obviously can't play during the week on their own time and when they do that they often pick up these passenger missions or want to go to colonia and deliver travel guides that's like a thirteen thousand light year away colony effort halfway yeah. across the galaxy and they take a lot of time I mean, people telling me that they'll spend a whole sunday afternoon trying to get you know from one end of the galaxy to the other for the payouts and stuff and very much more i think than eve or, or star citizen or whatever or anything else very much eve is about you know in sort of vast endurance challenges in out in the lonely vast reaches of an imaginary galaxy I mean, more than, I think more than most other space games I've played the, just the sheer scope and scale of Elite Dangerous's galaxy Elite Dangerous' Milky Way presents a challenge in, in and of itself oh I bet I can get to the far side of that and you know you, it essentially becomes a kind of crazy Iron Man challenge and yeah. people take that up and, or, and also there's a lot of uh, in-game support for that a lot, particularly the passenger missions that they added some while back um, the passengers 
want to go very, very far, far away places. They'll pay extremely handsomely for it as well. So What have they done? Well, yeah, but... Um, <laughs> head of the law. I don't know. I think some of the passengers might be criminals. A lot. Some of them have sort of sub sub. I've not done any passenger missions myself, but there are like sub objectives, like must not be scanned or must not bash the side of the space station on the way in. That kind of thing. You know, some of these people are so picky. Um, but yeah, so what we find is that often members of our little group are not able to join. I mean, the multi crew is useful for that, but then it has its own problems as well. You can't do a normal conventional wing if you're going to do multi crew because multi crew happens has to happen as as a wing as well, and you can't mix multi crew crew members with other ships yeah. in the wing. It's so that all gets a bit confusing and complicated. And of course, not every ship has multi crew capability. I mean, every, anyone can multi crew. You can you can go to somebody else's ship, but a lot of the time you're just going to be sat there doing nothing because <laughs> they haven't got. If they, they lead, they need turrets equipped or a fighter bay. Yeah. Those are your two multi-crew yeah. roles. Otherwise, you're just essentially <laughs> multi-crew exploration, not really a, a thing. You know, I mean, you, you're you're having as at least as an exciting time as someone who's doing the exploration themselves, and you're not getting any payout for it. So yeah. Anyway, um, so yeah, we soldiered on. We, we despite that, I think as long as one of us could ping the planet and it was getting shared correctly, it's just that our own scanners were often not working when we got into a system for some unknown reason. But we did the round trip. I I think we finished about half 11 or so and it was about 30 millions worth once we, once we got back to base and handed that all in well yeah because we were cherry picking the most valuable yeah. closest planets as defined by this list of previous explorers i don't mind trying a bit of proper exploration you know heading off into a run, random direction just seeing what we can find you know see it find adding to that list ourselves perhaps but but in terms of you know just getting a bit of quick cash, that's certainly a, a very viable way to do it. And you can do that in a sidewinder. It helps if you've got the advanced discovery scanner because that can ping the entire solar system in one go. But then since you already know exactly which one you're going for, yeah, you, doesn't don't even, really matter. you don't even need to ping them, really. You can fly there and then honk them with the basic freebie discovery scanner. You get So a brand new player... I think a brand new player might have trouble with the distances and the jumping because you, you, I think your first sidewinder's got a jump range of about four light years or something <laughs> stupid like that. You're having trouble getting from most stars to the neighbouring stars yeah. at that point so you need to grind a bit to build up and possibly bigger ship to fit the better jump drives in engineers help a lot but it's not advanced gameplay in any stretch and it pays pretty well the trouble is you can only do it once once you've scanned all these planets yeah. and handed in that data that's that you don't get to do it again you have to find other planets to get more money but there, there is an extensive list we could have picked up the next 30 and done those another week and so on and so on down the list until you get further and further out but but yeah interesting interesting stuff um I think we're still chipping away at uh, unlocking various access to various engineers again. I think we're hitting a couple of engineers where you need a good rep with a particular in-game faction, and I think those are going to be interesting because uh, we we tend to be based in one system and working that system. So what we'll probably have to do if we want to unlock some of these, for example, I think there's one of them that needs a high rep with some local blue mafia or whatever they're called. Um, it would have to go to that starbase, that system, and start working local missions yeah. to build up that rep. So I think when we want to start dealing with those engineers to get those unlocked, um, we might have to up sticks and, and, and move to a whole new home base and start working out. Have you gone to Earth yet? Not yet, no. I'm about 69, 70% up to the rank that I need. So soon. And uh, we didn't get any um, progress with the exploration, but I did see a couple of donation missions every time i see donation missions for a federal right, a federal uh, group i'll throw money at them 
Um, I don't know. I mean, I got to the point with about seven or eight million where I just, I got a fully upgraded Diamondback Explorer, and I I don't really want any bigger ships. Yeah. So more money isn't really doing anything useful for me now. Yeah, okay, more rebuys, but then I never play an open and generally got reasonably engineered gear, so I'm not generally in much danger or trouble you know, in normal gameplay. But yeah, I suppose I'll, I you know the thing you buy you use more money for is to buy bigger ships, but there's nothing larger that I'm particularly interested in. I, mean, I suppose Asp Explorer, perhaps, but I just quite like the Diamondback. It's it's nippy, versatile, does does everything I need from it. So yeah, I just need to chip away a bit more at the uh, the Federation rank uh, sort of promotion missions, and I should be able to get to Earth. Cool, that'd be good. Uh, so no, not ETA on that, but I expect we'll get that done before we lose interest in the game. So I'm going to need another long term goal, which is. Empire systems. Yeah, do the same for Empire, see if we can get to the Empire capital. Who knows? We'll all defect en masse. Figure out what that ship doing the thing with the what's it was. Oh, there's there's Thargoids and things as well. Yeah. There's a lot of stuff going on in game, but I just find myself really uninterested in in their <laughs> lore and their game and the backstory of it. I use the game for my own ends and my own purposes and get my own enjoyment out of it. And I don't really not really that fascinated by barnacles or Thargoids or, or weird power play politics or such and such emperors being killed and such and such people are defecting and I I, I don't know. It's just it's it's a universe <laughs> that consistently presents itself to me as alien, empty, hostile and, and cold and I like that in and of itself but I'm just really not that impressed with their attempts to populate it and turn it into a living, fascinating breathing world of its own and in the same way I suppose does anyone care about the backstory of EVE Online? I'm not talking about you know goons or doing this or you know Pandemic Legion doing this, that and the other or some, ooh look a big, a big you know RMT pyramid scam or whatever I'm talking about the actual in-game stuff, there's some empires there yeah, Kaldaris yeah. and every so often there's something about an Amarian emperor election or something, I don't think that's how elections work, how emperors no. work, no you say I, I, I guess there's a couple of roleplay Corpse and things yeah, still are. going in Eve, but on the whole, does anyone really care? Well, he, this is why they stopped all that Jovian story stuff. Yeah. Remember back way back in the day when we were interested in playing, they were doing all sorts of hints about the fifth race, this fifth empire, the Jovian people who are all like tra- transhuman, super genetic engineered people with mega spaceships who had this whole section of galaxy map that no one could get to, and it was a big enigma and mystery and stuff. And that all just petered out and went nowhere because it turned out that actually the players themselves were turning it into such a fascinating, living, breathing universe with their own politics, their own goals, their own drives and agendas that it really didn't need, you know, a big authoritarian, yeah. here is our story, you will you will obey it and listen to it and pay it and care. You know, once once you get to the point where an MMO is dynamic and political enough in and of itself for the players' actions, you really just need to sit back and just make sure the infrastructure yeah. works, you yeah. know. And I wonder if that's... But then I think Elite Dangerous has got more of a problem in that it doesn't really offer much opportunity for players to carry out that kind of level of impact on the game because it's not really an MMO. Poor thing. It tries its best, but it's really not a <laughs> multiplayer game at all. You know, I mean, somehow sometimes you can you can single-player game it with some friends, and that's about the limit of it, I think. But we can t- t- keep coming across... Well, apart from the technical bugs and things, which, you know, we've talked about lots, there's also this whole general idea that engineers have totally overbalanced it all. Yeah. What you can do to your spaceship compared to stock statistics has meant that 
from what I read on Reddit and wherever, the, you you're you're just asking for trouble playing in open unless you've got an absolutely pimped, fully pimped spaceship done through the engineers, and a lot of that takes about a thousand goes of random number generating on your engineer dice rolls just to get the perfect meta. It sounds it sounds ghastly, so I don't, I don't get involved. I don't even know what PvP's like in that game to be honest. I, I tried the close quarter combat thing; I wasn't that impressed. That was just verbal stuff, but. Yeah, I imagine it's just so way out, of my, way, way out of my experience or ability to connect with that it's probably not worth having a look. So I'm happy enough doing doing the things we do, but uh, yeah, so I'm not sure what we're doing next. I think we're probably still chipping away at various engineers, but um, yeah, I've kind of reached. Like I said, once I got to Earth, I mean, I've got the ship I want, and I don't need anything else, and I've got you know reasonably engineered stuff. It'd be useful to unlock engineers as a medium term goal. That's interesting, and get to Earth, and after that, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> what more? Th- I don't know. I really don't know. Be interesting to see what they come up with the future expansions and stuff. But uh, find myself reaching satiation, you know. Yes. I could see myself being content and and finished with the with Elite Dangerous some months soon. So I don't know. We'll see. But yeah, quite enjoyed the exploration though, despite the technical troubles. Ugh. Anyway, over to you. I've been playing a game called Little Nightmares. Okay. Which you know, Limbo. And um, um, the one that came after it called something or other. Um, I can't remember. Yeah. yeah anyway, yes, that uh, the whole... Inside? Inside, that was it. Mm. A, a stylish-looking game where you travel from left to right, moving the odd thing, and keep travelling from left to I right. I feel very claustrophobic in two dimensions. Well, it's not three dimensions, but in 2D. Mm. Uh, this is a game, it's a very dark, horror-y style, Tim Burton-y style, uh, okay. Nightmare Before Christmas-y. Yeah. It's got a t- sort of a stop-motion-y animation style. Okay. You're, you're this little, I assume, girl in a um, uh, yellow um, coat, mm-hmm. and you're basically just walking along, and you'll get to a room, and there'll be a little bit of a puzzle where you have to open a door or move a thing and then do stuff, or... Pull a switch and then run through in time, or the usual kind of stuff. Yeah, all that sort of familiar game. kind of format, yeah. And yeah, you know, it, it, it's almost exactly like both those other games, uh, but not quite as good. <laughs> <laughs> right. Uh, mainly because for some reason, I don't know. It, it's I think it's a uh, higher budget game. It feels like a higher budget game, but it feels like a higher budget game with less polish. Oh. Okay, what? So they were successful with Quirky Thing before, and now they've been given a vast budget, and it's kind of. Well, no, it's not even them. It's a different company. This is a different team. Oh, so they didn't get what the. Yeah, Yeah, it doesn't have the thing that Mm. the uh, other two have that really made it something interesting. Okay. Uh, Also, I got a bit fed up with it and stopped playing it after um, I died and was sent back too far. (laughs) Ah, the old save game problem, yeah. Yeah. It's spoiled by autosaves. Yeah. Because it. Something that Limbo uh, did quite badly was the old surprise death. Oh, right. So, you know, you'd be walking along and then, boom, dead. And then you then know from then on, oh, actually, that's where you're going to die. Oh, having to learn a series of invisible pitfalls and death traps. Yeah. And, and this does it as well, to a certain extent. Mm. Yeah, that, that reminds me a lot of a lot of Spectrum games in the old days, you know, where in, in, in lieu of gameplay, they just had sudden shocks and surprises and yeah. it became a memory exercise. OK, now I need to walk left three places and then see what happens. You know, that kind of thing. Well, I'm thinking another world. Yeah. That was yeah. very, very diffy. Flash Don't press. Yeah, flashback. And um, Dragon's Lair, of course. We don't talk about Dragon's Lair. Yeah. 
laser discs they're the future yeah but um yeah the idea that it's... when did dragon's lair become a, something that people respected <laughs> it was awful i remember <laughs> seeing it in an actual arcade cabinet in butlins in in like 1980 something or other and i'd put my 10 p's in and i'd get like i don't think i don't think i ever got to the third screen you know very quickly, even then, my my young, undiscerning, inexperienced self realised that this was bullshit and uh, I, moved away. I always got played. Get, other I always stuff. get the feeling that there's the people who were around when it came out, like us, mm. who and it, and it came out over a period of about fifteen years. Yeah, uh, they did various versions. Who uh, uh, mocked it for just being oh, it's a game where you push some buttons. It's not really a game. And then there's a bunch of people who came after us who see it as this big, massive design brilliance. And then there's the people now who haven't heard of it. Yeah, but the people and I envy the people who haven't heard of the it. The people who came after lack the essential context of Dragon's Lair, which was that every time you cock up and die, you have to put another ten pence in the slot. Yeah. Now, if you're just playing that as a, as a you know an Amiga reboot or whatever <laughs> PC remake or whatever, where and where you it didn't cost you ten pence every time you died, you'd you'd probably cheat it a lot more charitably. Yeah, you just keep bouncing up and trying again. But uh, yeah, <laughs> it was essentially a kind of a very early payment model that people who bitch about cash shops today have no idea. <laughs> yeah. I remember the fairground came to. Oh, do you remember jumpers for goalposts? Uh, oh, help! I'm going into reverie. Yeah, yeah. yeah, but the idea that if, you know, because before I before the Spectrum, before my first proper computer for, for computer gaming in the home, my my large, largely my experience with computer gaming would be when the fun fair came to town and they'd have a tent full of arcade machines and I'd go in there with a big old fistful of ten p's and that was it. That was gaming. That was where you learnt the cutting edge of of, of entertainment technology. Nowadays, that, no one even understands what, why some places like that still exist at seaside towns, you know. And everyone at home's got an Xbox that can generally do much better than anything you see. Oh, there. it's mainly for coin pushers. Well, or if you well, ever really want an interesting yeah. thing, have a look at videos about what happens inside a coin pusher. <laughs> God, they are rude. <laughs> hmm. Anyway, I've completely forgot what I was talking about. The yes. So the idea that Dragon's Lair is 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 bullshit. Yeah, and, and it really was. is. Yes. This isn't that bad. This is mm. much better, and it it's not a bad game by any means. It's just I don't know. For the first couple of these style of games, just walking from left to right was fine, and then Inside came and introduced the innovation of for a while you walk from right to left before you start walking from left to right. Again. <laughs> and this embraces That's not an innovation. Dizzy had that. This embraces things fully and and, and does that too. So. Mm. Yeah, 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 I don't know. It looks stylish. Yeah. But the actual... Well, the, mo- that can be the thing. Can, yeah. You know, the style and the story and the narrative and the context there, that, that can be fascinating, even though the basic mechanics of moving a block from one side of the screen to another and back yeah. again. And, but at the moment... While other blocks coming down and trying not to be stood on, you know, and that's that's fairly weak. I, I hate the term, but the... Um, um, what is it? Storytelling. Thingy storytelling. Um, environmental storytelling. Oh, Stupid term. Mm-hmm. Uh, it isn't really matching up to um, what's going on, and right. so it's it's not keeping me interested enough. I mean, um, inside kept me very interested because uh, there was obviously something interesting going on in the background. Yes, but in this case, what's going on in the background is. Oh look, it's the big monstery thing. So they're not really telling the story with the the, the set design and the art. Yeah, is it, there's a story they're telling, but it's not a very interesting one compared <laughs> to uh, say Inside, which is I want to know more about. Yeah, and I got to the end of Inside and really wanted to know more about what was going on. So well, they probably f- they phoned it in a bit with the level design yeah. then, because or is just rather incoherent. I don't know. I, I think it's just 
I haven't finished it, so I don't know yeah. if it gets better it picks up. Uh, uh, towards the end. But, well, uh, should you have to expect it to pick up? Well, I'm not enjoying this, but it might get better. Yeah, no. It's usually one of the <laughs> bad reasons to be gaming. You yeah, know. Do, do not keep doing that, though. Yeah. It's a, a, a terrible reason to play a game. Yeah. Um, and something that game reviewers need to remember. Yeah. Uh, oh, they're not allowed to, are they? They have to complete the game. Uh, but, yeah, th- I don't know. This is... Uh, it's a game which should be better than it is. I mean, it could it, be more. It does look gorgeous, mm. and it controls well, and it plays brilliantly, and it is really good. But then it you doesn't well be do flick, anything with that. Flicking through a poster book instead, or yeah. you know, reading a reading a graphic novel or whatever. Yeah, instead. so far it's failed to take that and do anything with it. It doesn't run with what it has. <laughs> it does. The, does it actually need to be a game? <laughs> yeah. yeah. That's, uh, sounds sounds yeah. disappointing. It's, yeah, it is. It's not doing anything new. Mm. Mm. And that's disappointing because you know, you know how these things happen. Somebody will do something successful, yeah, and then follow, follow and then the people lead, will turn the leader, it into yeah. a genre. Yes, and they don't always pick the things that made that first thing good. Well, Minecraft a sub- being a good example. Yes. Most Minecraft clones do not understand why Minecraft is yeah, successful. Yeah, and yeah, I don't think this understood why uh, Inside and things were. Uh, you sort of pick up the superficial things and haven't gained a full understanding yeah. of what brings it all together and then you yeah. often make a game that looks a lot like the thing you've tried. Yeah, 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 it feels like the takeaway they had from it was um, it's got to look beautiful. And people like walking from left to right. Yeah, uh, and yeah, it manages to do those fine and mm. it's incredibly adept at doing those. It's just, it doesn't so far have anything that makes me want to go back in and find out if there's anything more in this world apart from this little girl who is scared of these monstery things in the background. Right, yeah. Mm. Yeah, sounds like a missed opportunity. Uh, it really is. Hmm. Uh, I'm going to talk about so Friday uh, is the Friday game. So we've been doing Guns of Icarus Alliance, which is sort of like DLC for Guns of Icarus Online, but not quite the same thing. But a PVE campaign. It's been very good as far as it goes. Yeah, which is the big problem. Is the big caveat. There's like four or five different game types on three on four or five different sorts of map and various different ships and guns and stuff, in which we dabble with and experiment with, and we're quite like the basic gameplay of Guns of Icarus, running around on the deck of a ship repairing things, manning guns and steering it through through unfriendly skies and stuff. It's just very repetitive. Yeah. It's the problem. It's, you know, I, I was expecting when Alliance came along, I was expecting it to be this big MMO-style, at least a Ubisoft-style uh, you know, Rome box, if not an actual MMO. But it's no, it's just a lobby-based thing that, takes a lot of the existing technology from their PvP deathmatch arena thing and, and populates it with AI-controlled fodder, which we're quite good, getting quite good at. We haven't really cranked up to... I mean, there's four difficulty levels. We could just keep cranking that up until we can't cope anymore, but... The basic novelty of the experience has long worn off. And we pass the roles around. You know, everyone has a crack at driving and gunning and uh, repairing and engineering and stuff with <laughs> variable success. I'm not going to name any names, but um, yeah, I typically I typically do the driving. Um, and yeah, we're getting the hang of it. We're doing all right. Um, yeah, and we're working up this internal faction rank system. There's like progression and stuff that unlocks new things, new ships and stuff. But we try. I think we unlocked one of the enemy ships designs that's interesting you pick a faction to work for uh you can change a faction at a cost of about 20 percent of your faction points just to stop people jumping around forever but it means you're not locked in forever um and you unlock your own faction's ships first obviously but then you it lets you unlock enemy ships further up your own rank 
So that means you get to experience everything without having to jump ship and start each new faction each time. Um, I didn't really like the uh, was it the green team's ship, the Chaldean one. Yeah, I didn't like that. It's, it's very very closed, can't see out properly. Guns are all placed in wrong places. Now we unlocked the Ford Barony's uh, Crusader ship, and we use that a lot. Um, but yes, I mean, to be frank, I was just starting to get a bit bored of it all. Yeah. Which, you know, I feel bad because, you know, I feel like I'm letting everyone else down. But uh, we ended up doing the usual discussion on Slack. You can find out how to find the Slack thing in the Steam group, and you can find out the Steam group with Google, probably. Anyway. Um, Go to HannahMedaTime.com. There's a thing at the top for everything. There's a thing. Excellent. You're so organised. Yeah. Um, but yes. So hi to the Russian spammers for me. Are they still a problem? Yeah. Mm. So, yeah, so we did the usual, uh, what, should we, what game should we play next type conversation. There's lots of great suggestions in there, lots of things that we should take into consideration, give it a go. Uh, but it seemed like everyone was tentatively suggesting one thing and then but saying, but I don't mind. So in the end, I just decided, uh, rather than dig out the spreadsheet of Doom, uh, uh, which was a real complicated and bad bad idea that was a brilliant advice yeah, that was a fantastic idea it, yeah but i tried to add some kind of eurovision voting system and then it all got very complicated no you added the eurovision voting system. <laughs> just what yeah it just no no we're not getting the spreadsheet out again i'd made a unilateral decision in the end because it seemed quickest so we're doing tabletop simulator again yeah. on fridays now um which i've talked about lots before probably we'll talk about lots again which essentially is a 3d virtual space in which you can put a board and some counters and pieces and dice and cards and physically well not physically because it's imaginary but you can move them around as if you were playing an actual tabletop game it doesn't do much in the way of enforcing rules or turns it's not an actual actually a game itself but if you get it through Steam, the Steam Workshop's got thousands of, of actual board games that people have converted for use with this thing and put up. So we've been playing. We we did lots of Waterdeep. Oh, good Friday. Yeah. Well, we figured we ought to try something everyone knows or you know, most people knew how to play. I think it was new to a couple of people, so we were just teaching them how to play as well. Still a fantastic game. It's a very, very well designed game. I mean, you can take or leave Dungeons and Dragons and Forgotten Realms and you know the City of Waterdeep that it's all based on. In terms of mechanics and numbers and, and gameplay, very tightly designed, very, very well, very well designed. It, it works fantastically. It's a very enjoyable game. Worker placement. Yes. For people who, who yeah. understand these things know what that term means. Um, so yeah, we played that. I didn't win. Can't remember who won. I think Death won. I can't remember. But um, yes, it was it was very good. Did the job. I had, a, I had a bottle of wine on the go as well. It was a pleasant evening. Is that why you didn't win? Uh, possibly. Yes. Yes. I completely forgot what Lord I had, and, and I was just completing quests randomly. I think uh, not focused enough. That's the big problem. How does that differ from any other time you play it when you're not drinking wine? Um. Good point. Well, that's useful to know that wine does not degrade my, my tactical yes. <laughs> ability in the slightest, so that's useful Useful to know. Um, but yes, no, very enjoyable, though. We had, we had a good time with that. So I think there's just lots of... Now, see, the thing is, picking tabletop simulator doesn't really solve the, the decision-making problem because now we have a platform which supports thousands of possible choices of what to play, only they're all yeah, board you, games. Yeah, you just made it a lot harder. Yes, So, but there was a lot of talk. I, 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 I threatened Twilight Imperium because um, everyone was taking quite a long time to decide stuff, so I suggested Twilight Imperium, uh, which which made a lot of people cower and hide and run and stuff. Uh, we've You've got it, haven't you? Yeah. We did try it one board game evening, and it took... We didn't, we didn't finish clipping off all the bits. Yeah, we spent about an hour and a half pressing pieces out of sprues and stuff, and then I think you lost the room a bit at that point, and we... Yeah. So I, we never played it. Um, Interesting that that box sits on my bedroom where I see it every morning when I wake up. <laughs> 
<laughs> it's a sort of grim reminder. <laughs> yeah, but I, I'm convinced it can be played to 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 finish. I think somebody can play and win that. So yeah. we're going to try it. I think. Um, but the thing with tabletop simulator is it, it allows you to load and save game states unlike say a board on a table around someone's house unless they can leave the dining room table un uninterfered with for weeks and weeks at a yes. time you don't really get to say that well oh, i suppose you could take a photo of the game yeah, and put all the pieces yeah. back it's, it's a lot of fiddle whereas in a virtual space where you can save and load the entire state of your virtual universe in, in and out as needed that strikes me as ideal for a kind of campaign play in a way a sort of a game of twilight imperium is essentially a like playing risk legacy <laughs> yeah. all, all in one go you know so i don't we, we, we might work up to that because we're all gonna have to learn how to play it's got it is going to take a lot of weeks i think and we i like the idea of playing some multiple session thing a bit like a mini mmo though you know that sort of thing why do these things have to take place and be completed all in one session yeah. but we might work on eclipse to start with i like eclipse eclipse apparently a bit it's, it's a similar kind mean, of thing you played it I, yeah well we played this two-player game i don't yeah. know what a whole massive thing's like but uh, but I'm guessing, yeah. But according to various people I've seen online, they're saying Eclipse is, is shorter and easier than Twilight Imperium. So uh, we'll see. The uh, Second World War was shorter and easier than <laughs> Twilight Imperium. Most things are, yes. But but um, it's a similar kind of premise. I mean, both of these games are essentially a four x four x strategy game, like Stellaris or Master of Orion or whatever. But as board game form, and I know that's what I love about I know, it. I know, <laughs> just the very idea is quite <laughs> preposterous, right there. But <laughs> you want to do what? Little hexagon tiles to represent star systems and stuff, and lots of little plastic spaceships and civilization boards with counters on and stuff like that. Um, I like to like the idea of it, and that's the sort of thing you could probably develop up into a massive epic saga as someone writes down what happened during the game as these vast stellar empires ca- clash on 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 cardboard hexagons. So we'll try. I think we'll try. We'll try Eclipse. Probably not next week, but the, you know, a w- some weeks soon we'll try Eclipse, um, and then if that works and people aren't, you know gone into incommunicado or, or are still speaking to me then we might try twilight imperium um yeah so tabletop simulator supports us up to 10 players any of whom can be spectators as well um so people like some some, some folks were just listening in and watching as we were playing that was quite quite good it also supports vr and using the yes. controllers I think to it's, yeah. pick up bits and move them yeah, I don't know. Does the Oculus work on that? It's just, I believe it probably does. Is now. it just the Vive? The Vive definitely does, but Oculus yeah. has those controllers we've, we've now. Seen, we've so seen I'm the Vive assuming working. it does. Okay, and so, I have some. Oh yeah, I you should give it, it a go. Yeah, fire it up and see if it works with tabletops. Yeah, what I want to do is I want to uh, play 40k in it. Using to pick up the bits. It's supported. Well, Tabletop Simulator is literally just a physical space in which you can put models and boards and stuff. And there are the Steam Workshop items for for Tabletop Simulator, which are literally Warhammer 40k armies. And I am just amazed those haven't been taken down. A lot lot of the games in there are straightforward pirate rips of existing board games. Some of them are endorsed. Some of them them have the blessing of the actual game I think Malachi is endorsed, or is it? I'm pretty sure Games Workshop are not renowned for their their laissez-faire attitude on copyright infringement, though. Oh, that's old games. Workshop. Oh well, maybe New Games Workshop are fine. I, I don't wonder who it hurts. I mean, you, you, yeah. there's no, it's no actual replacement for a board game, and you it, might, you might want to go out and buy the board game as a result. Well, in a, couple, in a couple of weeks, I'm going to talk about Dawn of War three, so we'll, we'll see who it hurts. <laughs> Fair <laughs> enough. But um, I recommend, I mean, just aside from our from our Friday gaming, and, and yeah, by the way, if you're if you're interested, want to join in, do get in touch. But the just the the 
the sheer genius of what tabletop simulator itself is. I mean, I have not really looked into making things myself for it, but it's got quite an involved and intricate scripting language for it. I mean, I can't remember what we played. There was, I might have been Carcassonne. We had a go at Carcassonne, and it was a Carcassonne module that someone had done quite a lot of scripting work to do automatic scorekeeping. Oh, nice. Yeah, and I, I had no idea how they did it. Some kind of sorcery, probably. But <laughs> that, that is a tough game to score. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It, it was counting out tiles and in yeah. and out and all that sort of thing. I mean, it broke quite easily, yeah. which means, you know, that's the one. I don't like the scripting because if you do anything unexpected that they haven't thought of it can totally break the scripting and then suddenly you find because you were relying on the game to keep your score you we've got no idea ourselves as to what was going on so it tends to be really disruptive if it goes wrong so i tend to prefer just literally cardboard pieces and models and a board you know whatever tokens in little bags that just the simplicity of it it is so so impressively elegant in its simplicity the just the basic platform and it's about 15 quid on steam at the moment so do have a look for that if you um, it, might even be on sale. it doesn't do anything in and of itself it's no it's not a single player game although you can get solitaire you know the little marble jumpy puzzle thing for it which is fine but you'll need friends to play games with obviously but uh in terms of remote friends you know people people who you know only through the internet it's a great way to have a gaming night yeah. board gaming night with them yeah. so i can't recommend it highly enough very good so yeah i think we'll be doing that again for quite a while i think some other suggestions i think we, we would umming and ahhing a possible return to eve maybe as alpha clones yeah i, I like the idea of it is it eve i the reason, oh yeah, I, 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 I hate on Eve quite a lot because of you know lots of scary things I've seen on on you know on rumours and, and and websites and blogs about big faceless corporations of players and goons and what have you. My own experience of Eve is I just burnt out of it really because it mm. got a bit, it grew a bit beyond my my own ability to commit to it. In other words, my character had gained so many skill points just through sheer dint of playing for a very long time. I think I was up to about thirty million skill points, which I know is nothing these days. But I'd got to that point where the clone costs made it cost inefficient for me to play the game anymore. You know, I wasn't actually earning enough money with my playtime to cover the costs of what if I get blown up. If I lost a ship or had my clone blown up, I probably wouldn't. You know, I'd start to take actual skill. It got just too much hassle, so I stopped in the end. But I'm wondering if an alpha clone might be the way to do that. I don't know. I like you, got, you have a skill cap on alpha clones, I believe. Yeah, and you don't get any uh, level the, five skills. Yeah, and all of that that means. Yeah, but that essentially is, makes it ideal for a disposable frigate alt. Um, does that mean is that is that a useful thing? Is that even a thing, or are you wasting your time if you can't fly a capital ship in that game these well, days? No, no, I don't know. Are probably still incredible. Probably useful, have a bit I of knockabout frigate fun in Agent Two, know, Agent I... Two and Three missions. Maybe do a bit of PvP and and no no risk no no stress pvp you know oh no i lost a rifter however am i going to repay that you know that kind of level rather than oh my god a capital ship that's worth 1600 real dollars i've just blown it up you know i've got so many stacks of rifters in exactly across exactly the, across the uh galaxy from when i throw needed away, to do a bit of fighting throw away alts in disposable ships can that can that be a thing is that fun i don't know i have to talk to talk to akeley about that when uh, the upcoming akeley con see if there's a, a there's a role for that whether there's an interest i don't know also uh, we were arming and arming possibly maybe pathfinder again i might, might be able to find might be able to, well not necessarily me gming but possibly we could do use the roll20.net website to, yep that's uh, very popular it's very it's, it's, it's uh, well the thing is you can do Pathfinder on tabletop simulator it has you know player mats and, and DM screens and little figurines and stuff so you would literally have a 3D virtual space sat around a table but you can't see anyone's faces at all so that's aspect of being around a table uh, you, you should see what some people are doing on Twitch with uh, 
uh, role-playing games. Yeah, I think Google Hangouts or whatever they call it these days with the actual video oh, chat and stuff. Hangouts. I don't know. No one. I always found Roll20 to be perfect for what we needed. There, I, I think... There's a couple of people that I follow who play Roll20 on Twitch yeah. in a very, very successful way. I could see doing it in tabletop simulator with 3D models and stuff would just be over-the-top and unnecessary, more extra faff that I wouldn't need. But yeah, possibly possibly some, some pen and paper, dice, pointy dice work again in the future. I think there's quite a few other games suggested in the big thread as well. I think we were talking about Overwatch. Really? Yeah, it's a bit modern. Oh, steady, I don't know. Oh, ooh, steady now. Yeah, you we hate Overwatch. I don't know. Yeah, yeah. So we were talking about uh, sort of forming a little team and having a go there, but uh, I don't know. I don't know how we fare against uh, organised ruffle stomps from online opponents. I don't know if that's quite my bag, but if if that's what everyone else wants to do, we'll give it a go. Certainly, I don't know. There's lots of lots maybe, of ideas maybe going that around. Maybe the game to get it you is, over your fear of PvP. It is a time of changes. It is a time of changes. We're looking at all sorts of what what where next for the static groups. You know what to play and yeah. that sort of thing. So now's a good time to jump in on the, the discussion if you know where the Slack group is. Anyway, over to you. I've got nothing else to talk about. You better do spiel then. Yeah, so you can go along to hanamotertime.com where you can find out where the Slack group is because it's at the top in a big bit saying Slack. It's really easy to find. It is. It's on the top menu bar thing. It might be under... Yeah, mm. but yeah, anyway. That's pretty much where we do our chatting about stuff. I mean, the Steam group discussion forums have gone a bit stale. I, I, as with most things with Steam... Yeah. Um, it, Steam discussion groups were a thing that have had their time. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, so going on to Slack. We don't really run a forum as such, but Slack's the, Slack's yeah. the place. Yeah, going on to Slack and uh, say in. hi. Say hello. And uh, there's always people there to have fun with. Yeah, all sorts of banter and nonsense going on. You can also go on to YouTube and subscribe to us if you like us. Like our videos if you feel like it. And you can uh, um, catch all of our video versions of stuff. Including me hiking. Including you hiking. <laughs> That's a good day out. Yeah. Yeah. Went, went a bit mad. Yeah, which one? There's probably been two of them out, but I don't know. Oh, right. Or maybe not. Went a bit mad on the other one as well. Yeah. yeah. Um, you need to do another one, by the way. Uh, oh, God. My, my calves are only just healed from the yeah. last one. Yeah, you could also go onto iTunes and leave us a review on iTunes because um, that would be dandy. Spiffing. Yeah, that, that doesn't work on the internet, does it? Anyway, uh, join us next week when we'll be back with more of the same. See you next time. <laughs>